Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Slay the Stars, our first inter-podcast collaboration. Joining us today are three very special guests who probably need no introduction, but we'll start there. It's audio only. We need an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we can always use introductions. And so... And so, our first guest of the day, Mr. Grant, please introduce yourself. Hello. Uh, Would you let me introduce my character as well, or just me? No, just you first. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Uh, Hi, I'm Grant Nordine. I am the titular Game Master of Game Master Monday, uh, which streams every other Monday. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) That's you. (laughs) All right. And next up, Andy, tell us who you are. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Andy. You probably know me from the Homebrew, ne- Homebrew Network socials. Um, I am the person who runs the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, all that good stuff. So you probably talk to me there. Um, I am also the voice of Pickles on Power Word Fail, who I love dearly. She's a nut. <laughs> She's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and next is Kay. Hi, I am Kay, the game master for the Dude, Where's My Drift Starfinder role playing or actual play podcast. Yeah. And you can find us releasing new episodes every single Monday. We also have a sideshow. You should check it out sometime every other Thursday. Awesome. And of course, we have Arthur and Jen. But uh, if you don't know who they are yet, you might be in the wrong place. Uh, but go <laughs> ahead, Arthur. Uh, who are you? <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Arthur Polino. I'm a voice actor and the audio engineer for Slay the Stars podcast. And Jen. Yeah, hi, I'm I'm Jen. Um, I play Zamira for the podcast. I just kicked my microphone. That is all you need to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but today we are not going to see anything about Zem and Shar because the events of this collaboration take place six months before the main events of the Slay the Stars Season 1 campaign in a place where we've only heard about so far, the Bell Wood. Now, you five have been called to an important meeting in a place called Govanath, which is inside of the Bell Wood. It is one of the outposts for the denizens who call this place home. There aren't really towns here. It's more like little conglomerations of different people. Think more tribal. But everybody here treats each other as neighbors, as family. It doesn't matter who you are or how you came to be in this place. If, if the Bellwood has called you here and it is your home, then you're welcome. So, the person who called you here is named Aerolith. She is a druid, one of the elders in the wood. She's highly regarded and frequently presides over these community-wide meetings. Now, something to keep in mind is that lately within the wood, there have been two factions that have made themselves known, and each of you have been separated into one of those two factions. The first is more conservative. You like the Bellwood the way it is, secluded. 
You agree with the current policies, which is sort of placating the empire only as much as possible. You ship the lumber out. You send a representative. Keep the rest of the world out in order to protect the peace and the sanctuary of the forest. The Bellwood will always be a sanctuary to those who need it. But we don't really need tourists, right? And the two of you who have been sorted into that group are Grant and Jen. So, Grant, tell us about your character. Um, I am playing uh, Milo Prospero. He is a gnome artificer. Uh, He is dressed up not in a way you would anticipate from your usual kind of forest lawn gnome look, if you will. He's a little bit more blend into the background, fade out of public perception. Uh, He's wearing like one of those little peaky blinder hats, a nice little work shirt, a pair of working overalls that are stained with assorted colors and liquids on there. Just just looks very working class, not very impressive or noticeable type of gnome. And he stands at a cool three feet tall. (laughs) Amazing. And Jen, tell us about your character. I am Katara. Um, I am a Circle of Stars druid. Um, I have really long brown hair. It's curly and wild, uh, full of flowers. Not really sure if they are flowers that someone picked and put in there or if they're somehow growing there on their own. Um, There is a wildflower crown on top of my head. Um, I'm in a long flowing sky blue dress with ruffles. I don't wear shoes. There's there's no point in shoes. Um, but I do have one of those leather barefoot sandals on where it just sort of like wraps around a toe and then up my calves. Um, more flowers there as well. Um, let's see. I'm also wearing a, uh, a shimmering dark cloak. It shifts between uh, black and midnight blue, and it looks like the universe. Um, and if you stare for too long, you might get lost in it. Um I'm frequently daydreaming, gazing off at the stars into the sky, whether it's daytime or nighttime. That's where I'll be. That's where I'll be looking. I love it. And the other faction, the more progressive faction, you believe that it's time to share more of the forest with the outside of the world. You're fiercely protective of the forest still, but you believe that being more open with the Empire, perhaps entertaining some tourism, would go a long way towards helping the people of the wood thrive and grow to sort of modernize the area more. And the rest of you are in that group. So, Andy, tell us about your character. My character's name is Dr. Key, as we've decided right before this started recording. (laughs) Um, She is a young Herringon um, that stands about five feet tall. She's got a dark uh, gray-blue fur to her, uh, but it's almost always covered in mud and dirt. So you would think she's, like, patchy, but actually it's just a lot of mud. Um, She's always wearing just, like, a basic shirt with ripped-off sleeves and just the most ratty shorts you've ever seen because she is constantly out getting into trouble, breaking things or breaking herself and getting yelled at. Um, She's just all about the thrill, all about adventure, and she kind of just never stops moving. She's just always around doing things, getting in the way, sometimes trying to be helpful, most of the times not succeeding. I love it. And... 
you're not the only herring on here. Arthur, tell us about your character. Hi, uh, my name is Roderick. I'm a young, a little bit of an older Harrigan. Uh, he's probably pretty close to death's door. Uh, he's about three foot tall. He's got a bite taken out of one of his ears. He's got a plain old vest on, but a very, very stylish cloak. Uh, and his walking cane is made of glass, but it's always strong as oak. That is fascinating. And last but not least, Kay, tell us about your character. Your gross character. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not fair. How, why am I getting just waving go? Come on. Hey, yo, hey, I'm Guzzlegorp. Uh, I'm about a three foot, three inch tall goblin. Uh, yeah, d- don't mind the buzzing and the, you know, swarms of insects around me. They're, they're my friends. They're my bestest buds ever. And, you know, we just like to roam the forest and just, you know, we want to bring other people in and say, hey, what's up? Meet my new friends. As they, you know, buzz around. And they're really helpful for, you know, like chasing off all those pesky hunt bears who are always after their honey and things like that. Amazing. Just whatever you do. Just, just <laughs> if, you, if you see a bug on you, though, just, you know, let me know. I'll, I'll get them off you. Don't worry about it. They're my friend. Don't you better not smash them. I'll smash you. Every time one of you smashes a bug, I'm going to give you inspiration. Just, <laughs> just so you know. Oh, okay. Well, then, I guess going to be some some PVP here going really quickly. Then, all right. I'm sensing the theme of the one shot as fuck with K. <laughs> we were supposed to have a theme. <laughs> Shit. I mean, isn't that just everybody's general life principle when it comes to me? Maybe, possibly. I just, I just got here, so. <laughs> So this, uh, at this meeting, it's the five of you, Aerolith, and one other person, another gnome, a female gnome, Mila, who we all know from the main campaign of Slay the Stars. And we're going to jump in as the conversation is happening. And Aerolith says, okay, 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 I'm glad you all can make it. If we can stop arguing just for, just for two seconds, we have a very serious discussion to have. There are problems in the wood. You have to have felt that, right? The offness? The strange animals? The disease spreading amongst the population? Or is the politics just taking over all of your brains? I, I think it's fine. But No, I am if if Mila dies, I will drive an hour. And <laughs> it's a prequel. I just, I just wanna I just wanna put that out there right now. If she somehow dies, I will drive personally to slap you. It it is it is a prequel. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Maybe she's a ghost. Maybe she's brought, brought back. Yeah. She was doing weird stuff like oh, lifting no. things she shouldn't be able to lift. I don't know. <clears throat> the deep lore. I will set record land records <laughs> <laughs> to drive up. Um, <laughs> Continue. Aerolith goes on and says, I know that we all thought that perhaps whatever was happening was just sort of maybe a blight, maybe something had happened to the trees and was causing a sickness in the animals, but now it seems something else. There's The animals are almost rabid. 
Rabid, see, not rabbit. See, 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 everybody tried to blame it on fleas. I told you it was my fleas. It wasn't the menard. I was right. It was not, it's not my fault. Y'all can stop blaming me about this. It's not he, fleas. He has to warn us before he opens his mouth. We, <laughs> we agreed. <laughs> no, I never agreed to that. No, we agreed. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that it was... The fleas that were the problem, but the blat should have passed already. Who cares about the fleas? My favorite star stopped twinkling. That it did. That's incredibly normal. N- what do you I'm know about it? Quite a bit. A step back. Okay, that's fair. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not normally this talkative, but we. I, we were talking about changes of the forest, all of which are a completely natural, normal part of nature. Everything is cyclical. And if there's truly a problem, nothing we can't solve internally. I've got enough information that whatever it is, I can look into it and we can... We, what's the point of the meeting, honestly, truly? Now, now look here. <clears throat> it's not that we hate each other. It's that you keep killing the bugs. The bugs are a natural part of the forest, people. If you stop smashing them, then they'll stop coming, they'll stop attacking you randomly. Maybe they should stop getting under my feet. You should watch where you're stepping more. I know you got big feet, but come on now. Again, I... Pay a little I, bit of attention to where you're stepping. I cannot emphasize enough how much he needs to warn us. I like your twinkly bugs. They're fine. They can stay. They get in my way. Can you just like tell all bugs to just stay away from me, and then they, don't they won't tell die? The bugs what to do? They have their, their free will. They have their own free will. Then they're free to die. No, that's just not. That's, no, it's not right. You just randomly <laughs> kill them. How would you like if I just randomly started plucking hairs out of the top of your head, or you know, took a bite out of your ear? First of all, ouch. Second of all, <laughs> do you need hair? I mean, all you have to do is ask. Well, I mean, no, I don't necessarily need hair. What would you need hair for? There's no a idea. walking stick climbing up my dress right now. <laughs> oh, here, I'll come get it from you. Thank Walks you. Fucks it off. Puts it behind his ear. It vanishes <laughs> into a mess of various other walking sticks. <laughs> Does he actually have no hair? Is it just all walking sticks? That- <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I literally went like walking sticks. Yes. <laughs> Like, how in the fuck is a walking stick crawling up your dress? I'm imagining, like, a person's walking stick. I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? How high are we? <laughs> you ever seen Bugs Life? <laughs> now, see, like, one side is all walking sticks. The other side is all uh, water bugs. And then has uh, daddy long legs in the top in the center. Mm. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Yep. All right. So, Aerolith is like, okay, back on task. <laughs> So, there are other things that you also need to be aware of. We've had some reports of a humanoid figure that's been stalking and staring from the woods and strange rumblings in the ground. We need a group to go to the World Tree to make sure all is well. The last group of caretakers never returned and hasn't sent word. We'll do it. Is this guy, like, is he tall? Is he short? Is he big? Do we have any descriptors? He sounds like he could be really cool. Actually. 
The person staring from the woods? Yeah. Oh. Has anybody said hello? Uh, so actually, that's interesting. There was a, a group of children who tried to approach this person um, oh, no. because they said that they looked kind of like, like, a, like a court jester. They were tall. They were wearing colorful robes and a strange white mask. Sounds like a fun guy. Yeah, but they said that no matter how far they followed this person into the tree line, they couldn't catch up. It was always like they were, you know, maybe like 50 yards ahead of them. That's not right. <clears throat> but they hey. never saw them moving. Hey, Leah. Yes? I roll a check to see if I have seen him around. Sure. Roll me a history check. That's going to be a natural 20. Oh, we're told 21. <laughs> oh, no. You, this is going to go so bad in combat. You think back to the time that you spent hunting for bugs, wandering around in the woods, and you remember one day where you had the distinct feeling like you were being watched. And when you turned around quickly, you thought you saw a flash of just red disappear behind a tree. But when you ran over to check, you didn't see anything. Hmm. Uh, Corporal, relay that to the group. Is that different from all the time? The stars are always watching. And like that was probably a bird, or oh, even, I mean, there's a lot of red things. It was too big to be a bird, and like it, you know, I know the stars aren't always watching, but like it doesn't feel like there's someone watching you. And like those gorp would turn towards uh, Kit and just stare very intently for a very long moment before the command. Like, See, it's kind of like that, like how you felt my intense gaze on you there for a moment. <laughs> how it feels very different. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so. Erelith then turns to Mila and says, Mila, dear, the reason I brought you here is because I know that you have been accruing some interesting items, interesting information on your travels. Is there anything that you can do to help them? And Mila's like, um, well, I have some items that I could maybe give them, but you haven't given me a lot to go on. Um, if they want to come out and check my card, it's outside, and they can see if there's anything in there that they could possibly want. And Aerith's like, "That sounds amazing. Let's do that. Um, I would ask that you all leave as soon as possible, um, at least by daybreak, if not tonight, if you don't mind traveling in the dark." All right. I love the oh, dark. Gonna, it's preferable. He's gonna stand up. He's he's moving very slow, like he has a limp leg. It's going to take him a while to get to the door. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can I walk up you... to him, actually? Yeah. Uh, sir, it. sir, um, it, it seems uh, we're going to be on a, a dangerous kind of mission here, whether we want to or not. And you seem to be lacking in the speed department. Can I, can I give you something? Of course. What a... What do you mean, like a pep talk or uh, an inspirational quote? No, not really good at those, but I do have this item that I can... Here, I'll just open my bag for you. And he, he pulls out a pair of leather boots. Oh, I didn't think mine were that worn, but you know what? I think you're right. Uh, they're, Holy they're, hell. They're, they're, Roderick, they're enchanted. 
they they'll, they'll they'll make you increase your speed so you don't have to worry about your bones hurting. You can just travel at the same speed as the rest of us. Oh, that's mighty kind. But D- I didn't does it fix the I bones would... too? Is that are they like boots of fast and better bones? How does it? Uh... He starts taking his shoes off. Yeah, cool, <laughs> cool of you to to jump in and ask those questions. And I was talking to him, but. Uh... <laughs> No, no, hang on. They make a very good point. Does it fix the bones? No, they don't fix bones per se. Uh, they're, they're, I, I picked them up in my travels, but they're called boots of the winding path. Uh, they, they, if I do this, and he puts his hand on them and kind of like rubs something strange on them, and he goes, "Is that like polish or what?" Yeah, for lack of a better term, let's call it a polish. Maybe it's a polish or whatever. Right. But if I do this and I attune them for you. You'll be able to keep up with us, okay, buddy? So, so the bones will just hurt faster because he's going fast. No, 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 I didn't mention the bones. The, it, it, I'll, I'll tell you what, the, it'll, it'll help you ignore the bones. How about that? Well, I appreciate it. Here, I'll exchange you a trinket, and he hands you a single feather. You know what? I'll take this. Thank you. And I just put it in my bag. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> So when you all get outside at Mila's cart, she looks super excited. And for people who aren't familiar with this cart, it is very much an old rickety wooden cart that you would see um, you know, shopkeepers pulling around to be more mobile. And she starts opening doors and um, unlocking drawers and stuff. And you can see just like at first glance, it just looks like a, like a peddler's wagon. But the longer you stare at it, the weirder the things become. You see lots of things like feathers and dream catchers and other things like that hanging down, but also weapons that don't look like they were cleaned since the last time they were used and jars filled with strange goops. And there's a, there's a smell that hits you as you come closer to it that has like a, like an incense vibe to it, but also there's like a, like a decay there. And along with these like creepier things, you see interesting things like a tarot deck and other types of playing cards, bottles that look like they're regular potions with greens, blues, and purple liquids in them. And Mila says, um, I don't know what you're looking for exactly, but if you're going to help the people here, I, I'll give you anything you want. Where did you find all this stuff? I have my connections. Some of it I make, some of it I find, some of it I trade for. A very knowing glance goes over Milo's eyes. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you're looking for? Oh, you know what? Here, and she opens a drawer and she pulls out five bottles and she's like, perfect. And she hands each of you a greater healing potion. <clears throat> Thank you, ma'am. That's going to be really easy. I won't need this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, just just to be safe. Um, is there anything that you're lacking? Anything that you think could be useful for you? Can I roll insight to see if any of these things are magical in nature? You can roll Arcana. Even better, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a twenty-six. 
almost everything here. Oh, artificer. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Almost everything here is magical. Almost everything here is magical. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some some other things there that are just like strange animal skulls and bones and interesting sculptures that she's made out of things she's found. But most of the actual item items are all magical. Okay. Being an alchemist, I'm immediately drawn to the mysterious goop emitting the strange odor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about this? Oh, you? You have an eye. And she she pulls it down. And she says, I have actually, since, well, so I talk to Aerolith pretty frequently. We're pretty good friends. Um, You know, she helps me know whenever there's something interesting found in the wood that I might be able to use. And this is, we were, we've been working for something to help with the blighted animals. And this was my, my attempt at making something that could, that could maybe aid them. But it's never been tested. Well... Scientific process. Are you charging anything for these, or can I just have it? Oh, you you can just have that. That's fine. It might not work, and if it backfires and makes it worse, then you know I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, well, if it backfires and makes it worse, we'll find a way to front fire it and make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you seem like a bunch of really resourceful people. Does she have any flower-looking anything in there? She does. As a matter of fact, she has some pressed, dried flowers that she has in, like, different jars that she might use for different poultices or different potions that she creates. She also has, like, a book open that she has, like, wax paper, sort of, like, um, ironed flowers in, uh, more exotic things to look at. She's made little flower wreaths and stuff that she's hung, little garlands and things. Um, is there anything that looks like completely exotic, like wouldn't be found here? Yes. As a matter of fact, you find, Jen, what's a really pretty exotic flower? Because this is your area of expertise that you would like to find <laughs> here. Um, uh, hold on. I, I'm blanking on the name because I suck at names. Let me make sure that it is what it is. No, you're fine. A passion flower. You find it. It's there. And what preparation would you like it to be? Um, I'm going to go with a... How do I want to... There's a certain well-known rose that is um, encapsulated so that it looks fresh. Yes. If you Mm -hmm. catch my drift. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That. That's exactly what you find. Except it's like in a in a bowl because I'm pretty sure that those are like water flowers. Okay. You see that. And well oh, good. What what is where did you find this? Oh. This is so cool. So when I was in Saltspire last time, I was doing some shopping and I ran into this woman named Cloud and she had just received a shipment of different fabrics and things from her home. And in it, they had packed a few like fresh flowers from where she was from to sort of like, you know, give her the sensation, the smell of home. And this is one of the things that was there. Oh, so does it smell good? Yes, smell it. I'll lift the lid, inhale deeply, no hesitation. 
Yeah. It, the smell is intoxicating when it hits you. It smells better than, I mean, you live in a forest filled with wildflowers. This is the outpost that you are actually from, Kit. Um, and this is still one of the best things you've ever smelled in your life. Oh my God. Um, I need this. How, how, how can I have this? Oh, I mean, well, I, I wasn't really going to get rid of that, but do you have anything that you could trade for it? Um, I'm, I'm going to like shuffle in close and kind of like shift a fold to my dress and I have like a bracelet. Don't, don't show anyone this. Okay. Why is it, um, is it stolen? No, I just think current company would not appreciate it. Oh, oh, I, I get it. Yeah, I won't, I won't show anybody. Okay, and then I'm gonna pass you what is a. It, it's like a chain with like a lucky rabbit's foot on it. <laughs> <laughs> Mila looks at it and looks at you, <laughs> and is like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen." I can't wait. I'm going to give it a home and I'm sure that down the line I'm going to pass it on to the next person and and they'll find something really cool to do with it and definitely won't forget that it exists. Feels <laughs> <laughs> right. I never take it off. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so, anybody else looking for anything? Do you have a cape? Oh, yeah, I have capes. Are you looking for a cape that does something or just one that looks really cool? Both. Okay. Um, and or she, I just want a cape. She goes sifting through and she pulls out two capes. Um, Dr. Key, what is your favorite color? Red, like blood. Okay. So the first cape is a blood red cape on both sides. It has like a, like a bit of a popped collar giving it this sort of like vampire-esque feel. And uh, Mila puts it on and it's long. And as soon as she puts it on and ties it, it shrinks to fit her. And she does like a little spin and it billows and it just keeps billowing. <gasps> and she's like, we have this one. That this one. Is, this is the cool cape. That one. That one. Are, are you sure you don't want to see the other one? Yeah. the other... Okay, cool. And she that one. She hands you the cloak of billowing. This is amazing. I can I can have this. Yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. Go so fast. Yeah, it's gonna help. I know it. Do you just like run in a circle real quick? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> she so really takes off. As you, as you do this, um, and you're running around in circles very quickly. You notice that the the billowing action that was just kind of blowing in the wind for Mila, because of the speed, because of your hops, it almost seems to be a little intensified. And what this item is going to do for you is as a bonus action, you can make the people around you make a DC 15 deck saving throw or take a D6 of damage and be shoved five feet away. (laughs) That's perfect. I will try not to run next to friends. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm falling again. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's this cloak. It's so, oh my gosh. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you found something you enjoy. She's already gone. 
Where'd you, where'd you go? Man, that's out of here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, Guzzlegorp and Roderick, is there anything the two of you are hoping to find? Oh, well, uh, I imagine we'd need to find a quick escape for a couple things if we need it. Since the, group, the other group didn't come back, apparently. Uh, you got anything like that? Um, I mean, I don't have anything that's going to help your whole group, but, um, and she pulls out one of the blue potions. She hands it to you and she says, if you drink this, uh, it'll make it a little easier for you to get away. And it's basically a a potion of expeditious retreat. Mila, thank you. You take care of yourself. Okay. Of course. He's going to go up and give her a kiss on the cheek. Thank you. You be safe as well. I feel like between the two of us, you're about to do something way more dangerous. He's going to switch over to Gnomish. I'm always in danger. Don't you know that? You, you speak Gnomish? He kind of winks. Oh, I like you. <laughs> Dr. Key also replies in Gnomish from behind. <laughs> because why, why are you hell. talking to Gnomish? <laughs> do we all speak Gnomish? What's going on here? I'm going to guess Kit and Guzzlegorp do not speak Gnomish. Nope. I, I can hear them. I just can't see them. No, but I'm, I'm looking up anyway at the moment. That is not a language that Guzzlegorp picked up. <clears throat> yeah, double check. But I'll double check. Hey, Mila. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got any new uh, hummingbird feeders? You know, the kinds of the, you put the really fancy nectars into that could actually drag a whole bunch of insects as well as little birds? Are you, you're trying to get more bugs? Yeah. Why don't you want more bugs? I, I don't, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I don't have an answer for that question. So. <laughs> don't birds eat bugs? I mean, that's how I catch my, that's how I catch my lunch. I attract the birds with the feeder and then my bugs and I chow down. Wait, your bugs eat birds? I mean, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, okay. And <laughs> you've managed to freak out the, <laughs> freak out Mila. <laughs> but she. Gus, did I hear you right? <laughs> what? You said your, your bugs eat birds? I mean, it takes a lot of them, but yeah, they, they, they slowly just like devour a little bit by a bit. I like right, I'm going to have to make a few calls, Rick. Rick. He's going to walk over towards the forest line and he's going to start talking to some birds. Right. Now, listen, y'all. I need y'all to stay away from that one in particular, okay? All right. He has uh, speak with animals at will, by the way. <laughs> this That's is all it. taking too long, so I'm going to start, like, dancing around everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, if my insect swarm can attack and damage, they absolutely can help me kill birds for food. Mm-hmm. What do you want this item to do? And it can do it. And describe to me what it looks like because I have nothing. <laughs> this so bird trap. You were given a buffet of <laughs> options, Kay. <laughs> oh, oh, it's really weird and very niche. Mm-hmm. So what I would like you to be able to do is actually draw in essentially either from a distance, kind of like a imprecise sense kind of idea. Or imprecise sense idea. So, like, okay. bugs are coming in or birds are coming in can kind of, you know, somehow through frequency and communicating with my swarm, find out what's around us within a certain range when I pull it out and, like, put whatever concoction I have into it. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Yes. Done. You get it. And she gives you like a, like a vial of sugar water to use as bait. And she's like, this is really all I have. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> this is a weird ask. But the next time I come back, I'll have something better for you. Oh, sweet. Thank you, Mila. You're the best. Please yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Gilzagor kind of reaches up and kind of, he digs one finger into his ear really quick and pulls out a little caterpillar and then hands it to Mila. She takes it. What kind of caterpillar is it? Um, What's it look like? What color is it? You know, I'm going to say it is black and green, but more green than black. Oh, and this very is fuzzy. cool. I, uh, I yeah, love I it. Think, I think it'll actually cocoon here in like another couple weeks. So yeah, you should definitely put it on a stick. I'll definitely put it on a stick. And she, you see she goes over to her wagon and she has like a large drawer that she pulls open and she has a bunch of bugs that are pinned down in a in like a butterfly collection but it's different bugs and she takes the caterpillar and she stabs it with a pin (laughs) (laughs) to add it to her collection i don't know what what i don't understand i thought i thought we were adding it to my collection stab no (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm sorry i think we had a miscommunication um you you put on a stick and you feed it and then it turns into a butterfly Oh, stick. I thought you said steak. No. I, I got you. The caterpillar's just like. <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, the second Ace Ventura movie when he walks into the room of trophy kills and he's like, this is a <laughs> lovely room of death. death. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, so basically goes the course reaction now. He's like so shocked. I don't think he can actually do it. <laughs> mouth hanging open. Yeah, Arthur, what happens if Kay kills Mila in this moment? Are you going to kill him still or me? I'm I'm, a little... I'm already breaking land records. So I'll find something. It's be four against one real fast. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'm out of this. I, will, I will put off tomorrow's audition to take another day. <laughs> All right. So with that, Mila says, Okay, well, I am going to get going. I need to get out of the wood before it gets too dark. Um, Good luck to all of you. I hope when I come back, you're all still alive. And I'll bring you presents. Oh, you're leaving? Yeah, I I mean, I have to get back to Saltspire, Ocean Guard. I have to make money. But you'll be back, right? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I I don't see a lot of gnomes, so I was hoping to ask you stuff but i have to do a thing um later yeah of course okay is cool. that do you want to ask me anything now or um i recently learned that other people here speak our language and i'd rather ask you the questions i have in private oh well yeah then how about this i should be back here in maybe like a month or two at most we'll meet up back here at this outpost great that sounds Perfect. He like looks at the ground like <laughs> looks kind of nervous, but he's like noticeably excited. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna twirl over to um oh my gosh. Milo. So sorry. I'm gonna twirl over to Milo. Mm-hmm. Uh Milo? Milo. I, I went back and forth, but Milo, yeah. <laughs> Milo, okay. Milo, I'm gonna twirl over and I'm gonna pick a flower out of my hair and hand it to you and then push you to Mila. <laughs> Uh, um, <clears throat> hi, uh. Hi, um, 
she looks confused now. She's like, I don't, hi. Let's yeah. See. Um, Do you know a something? month, you said, right? A month? Yeah, I, or maybe a little more. It's, it sort of depends right. on how much work I have. Cool. Uh, I'll see you then. And I like look behind me and she's, I'm sure it gets gone. <laughs> <laughs> you look, are you okay? You look a little awkward. Look, uh huh, yeah, and feel. Um, you like collecting stuff? I. She looks at her cart. <laughs> yeah, I, a little bit. Roderick screams off from the distance. Just kiss. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Um, I gotta. Birds, right? I gotta go. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Before yeah, yeah, you yeah. Go, before you go. Um, and she. You see, like, so she takes her pendant off, and you see she's wearing, like, four or five of these things. She's wearing a ton of necklaces, kind of, like, layered. And she looks for the right one. She takes it off, and she hands it to you. And she's like, I don't see a lot of other gnomes either, and I, I do want to talk to you. So, here, and she hands it to you. She's like, this will um, help you stay safe until we can talk. Thank you. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, let, let me give you something for safety. Um. Uh, and he 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 hands you the f- uh, now hold on he hands you I have so much shit in my bag hang on <laughs> I hand you an empty flask and I say for whatever you want to make what yeah this is way better than what I gave you oh well I mean you said that it'll keep me alive and I was really having some doubts about that earlier so I think <laughs> it's pretty fair. <laughs> So uh, what she gave you is an amulet of protection. It's going to give you a plus one to your AC and all of your saving throws. Hell yeah. Hey, Leah. <clears throat> yeah? As we walk away, because um, I'm going to cast Fairy Fire on Mila. <laughs> but why? As a sign of, I'll be back. Better watch yourself. <laughs> and she just <laughs> rolled a natural one on her deck save. DC 14. So she's now lined up with brilliant mm, I'm picturing it like almost white and <gasps> you look like a star are they all bugs because is your fairy fire just yes <laughs> bugs? yes it looks like bugs <laughs> they're little shivery bu- okay. bugs okay I picture <laughs> she she got that nat one because she um was a little distracted by Milo and so they're in this like really awkward moment and then all of a sudden she's just brilliantly glowing and she's like <laughs> to go um Milo's she, like, like eyes are so big right now <laughs> but yeah just watch out for that that, that guzzle corp guy he's a little weird uh trust me two two eyes firmly on him at a distance yeah you know just okay bye and she, <laughs> she just <laughs> starts booking it and she's glowing because I think fairy fire lasts like a minute or 10 minutes or however long. <laughs> so as she's walking away, she's still glowing. I think it's like lightning bugs that are just like airway, like very. I love that. Like <laughs> <Ross> one. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. Very good. I turn back to the group. I'm going to talk to someone that I can confide in. And I remember that my, my closest compatriot is currently dancing around the room. There's one rabbit running in circles, <laughs> one talking to birds and a goblet. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the five of you set off into the wood and you all have made your own pilgrimage to the world tree. So you have an idea of where it is. It sits 
almost exactly in the center of the forest. I need you all to roll me perception checks. 18. It's going to be a 9. 5. 17. 18. All right, so Kit, Roderick, and Milo, the three of you start to smell this, like, sickly, sweet, rotting smell. And it seems to be directly the way you're headed anyway. It's that bus. That's weird. It's not him. What? It's that buzz. Buzz? Who's buzzing? This one. Uh, no, there wouldn't be a sweet smell intermingled with him. <laughs> I don't know. Mila gave him sugar water. That's true. I turn around. Hey, goblin! <laughs> <laughs> what now? Did you open the jar? No, not yet. Uh, okay, it's not him. <laughs> Ugh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the flower out and smell it again. Like, whew. it works immediately. The bad odor is gone you gonna start dancing around again i mean there's there's a slight twirl to me at all times (laughs) so do you continue to walk yes that's a bit new (laughs) unless anybody stabs me I have plot immunity. No, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to uh, do my primeval awareness. I basically, I spend a spare spell thought, and I know if there are any aberrations, celestials, dragons, elementals, fey, fiends, or undead within one mile. Actually, no, well, sorry, six miles, because we are in Forest, one of my favorite terrains. Well, son of a bitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ranger. Uh-huh. Aberrations, lots of them. Excuse me? What? Um, <laughs> what? Um, Why'd we stop? That's not, that's, this isn't good. Gaz? Um, so, um, hey guys. Here's also, there's... what's up? Bef- wait, before you go on, before I give you any more information, uh, just roll me a nature check. Cool. Everyone or just him? What is my nature score? Let's see. Uh, that's a two on the die. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, a three. Continue <laughs> what you were saying. <laughs> uh-huh. I hate we when the DM says the "Never mind." <laughs> yeah, my one twenty on the night. I'm sorry for the night, guys. So uh, here we go. So um. Hey guys, there's like a whole bunch of aberrations around. Which I, mean, I guess makes sense with the blight, but like, what? Uh, yeah. Hey, this this is kind of hmm. man. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Is that a know. type of bug? No. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's some bug like once. Aberrations are like monsters. There's lots of monsters around us. Oh, cool. Well, that might be really far. I'm cool. What do you mean cool? No, that's not good. I mean, let's go find it with something new. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Bellwood will protect us. We'll be fine. Roderick's just going to give like a weird side out of kit. He's going to tap his staff twice and mage armor pops up. He's like, yeah, the, the bell wood will protect us. 
I mean, maybe if I take a stick and hit something with it. So you quickly come upon the source of this odor. There is a dead deer laying in a in a clearing, not a large clearing. The whole area is maybe 30 feet across, almost round. Is anybody inspecting it? Are you going around it? Is it? I'll do like, it. I'm going straight up in the to center it. of this weird clearing. It is in the center of this weird clearing. <laughs> I'd like to investigate the deer. With my six wisdom, I walk right to it. Goddard's <laughs> uh, gonna look for a fucking clown, I guess. <laughs> Milo, what did you say you were doing? Uh, I, I would like to investigate the deer. Please go for it. We oh, somebody went with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Guzzlecorp's going in there too. Yeah, for sure, because I have complete faith that we're going to be fine. So, yeah. So, Roderick's the only one that hasn't gone into the clearing. Okay, perfect. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Mm -hmm. So, you notice a few things about this deer. One is that it's probably been dead for a few hours, so it shouldn't smell like this already. The second is that it has these Deep, long slashes in it and just bites taken out of it. But the whole carcass hasn't been consumed. And in those long scratch marks, you see necrotic tissue that doesn't belong to the deer itself. Okay. So I'm, I, I, I'm like just kind of like poking and prodding at it with this, uh, the, this rod I have in my bag. And I'm just like, try, like looking under stuff, flipping over folds, finding all the things. And they go, okay, well, God's confirmed there was an aberration or several of them in the woods. This damage lots, at the. Lots of them. Thank you. That's what several <laughs> means. I mean, several like, a, a, you know, several like a handful, not, not, not lots. Sorry. I'm with Gus on this one. Something is in the woods that shouldn't be in the woods and is hunting the animals, and if what we were told earlier is true, it seems that whatever is happening to the animals at best leads to death. Guzzlegorp, you noticed something about the carcass as well. So deer frequently attract ticks and things like that, right? All of the ticks on this deer are dead. Oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, that's not good, that's not good. There are also fly bodies. Like, like the flies came down to try to eat the deer and then died themselves. So as Guzzlecorp gets close to it, like there there are, he is a swarm keeper ranger. And he literally is covered in just all sorts of various different types of bugs and insects and things like that. So as he gets close to the deer carcass, does anything start to happen? How much control do you have over your swarm? Will they act in any way without your, like, like if, if you have a bunch of flies around you and mm-hmm. there's a dead thing, will they just buzz over and do what flies do with dead things? Or do you have to command them to do stuff? And you don't even, I don't even care if it's raw. How would you like your swarm to react in this situation? I imagine he kind of embraced like the chaotic nature of just bugs doing what they do. Like obviously if something is not right, he'll have enough control to like, he can draw them back before mm-hmm. something incredibly terrible happens. So like if they start so if flies start buzzing over there and they start dying within a couple of inches of this deer, he can like call the rest back before they all go in there and die. But so they, they don't start dying as soon as they get to the deer. 
you notice that a couple of your flies buzz over and they land on the carcass and start nibbling away as flies do. And then they just slowly stop moving. Let's come back, come back, come back, come back. Hold on. Hello. Uh, get ten feet away from the deer. I know what's wrong, and then I'm gonna um, I'm gonna druid Dip. craft. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna druid craft uh, little white flowers like all around it, and try to like I don't like not bury, but, but have the flowers sort of cover the body a bit. Um, and uh, like I'm interested in see if, if anything happens with the flowers. Roll me a wisdom check. This is sort of like a like a magic caster check to see how strong your spell is. Um, twelve. So you cast these flowers. Wait, so sorry, you said wisdom check. Yes. Um, significantly worse. That's an eight. Okay. So you start to you cast druidcraft and. All of the little white flowers start to, they start on the ground and they start to grow up over the body and they get maybe an inch or two up and then you see them just start to curl and turn brown and you lose control of the cantrip. Okay. That's not right. At the same time, Roderick, as the only person who did not enter the clearing, I would like for you to roll me a perception check. Oh, God. I just rolled another nat one. That is four in a row. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 14. Doesn't matter what you roll because they <laughs> rolled a one. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. You see across the way something large moving through the trees, trying to be stealthy but failing towards your compatriots, clearly planning to ambush them. Like the opposite side of the clearing yes. or on the same side? No, on the opposite side. So it's like you, everybody's in the middle of the clearing, and then on the other side. So this thing is getting to the edge of the clearing. It's probably 30 feet away from you and about 15 feet away from your friends. Well, shit. <laughs> Here we go. He's going to fire Eldritch Blast at it. Okay, go ahead. Fire your Eldritch Blasts. So that's three beams. That is... A natural 20. Of course it is. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Leo wants to kill us. You hear that? 15. <laughs> 15 Always. And uh, 11. 11 does not hit. The other two do. Okay, so two. Okay, so there is. Let's double the dice. So seven. Hold on. I can math. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, four. So that's 11 for the the crit and 10 on the non-crit. And I have Lance of Lethargy, so you lose 10 feet of your movement. All right. So you all are focused on this deer, and you don't notice what is coming into the clearing at the same time. All of a sudden, all you see are three beams of Eldritch energy. What do your Eldritch Blasts look like, Roderick? They look like, um, like green, you know how, like when leaves move through wind, they have like that, like that slipstream effect that it's green, but it looks like that. I dig it. 
So you see three beams that look like that fire directly over your heads towards something big. And as you turn, you all see coming out of the, the forest, this huge troll with three heads, multiple open mouths on its body, four arms, long claw marks. You're assuming this is what did this thing to the deer. Two of the Eldritch Blasts impact it, and it barely seems to slow it down. I need you all to roll initiative. Okay. Finally, a good roll. That's a, oh, I have advantage. That's net 20. 26 for my initiative. Tearing guns, man. Uh, 16. Okay, so. Uh, Gellocorp got a non-natural 20. He's first. Got a 10. And 13. Okay, wait. So Kid is last. What did you say you got, Roderick? 10. So Roderick is last. Milo, what was yours? 16. Okay, so that means Gozzacorp is here. All right. Top of the round. Dr. Key, you are first. All right. Let's go. This is this is great. Um, she's going to pull out this big old chunk of wood that she carries. That's just like basically like raw wood, so it like leaves splinters and things. Um, and this is essentially her great sword. It's just this big, big, big old chunk of wood that's been sharpened down. Um, and she, <laughs> she's just gonna <laughs> bounce up and down a couple times. Get herself going into a rage and just run as fast as possible towards this thing. Oh, to heck just yeah. Try to hit it in one of its faces or mouths or go for whatever. it. Swing away. Um, that is a 25 to hit. I will absolutely hit for uh, 11 damage. And also, this is a. Great sword of wounding, so it can't heal any of this. Ooh. Ow. Um, and that's a net, a net 20 for the second <laughs> one. Get wrecked. Yes. Uh, for 26 damage. Woof. So with two enormous swings, you knock one of these heads completely unconscious. It's now just dangling there. Um. And next up is the troll's turn, and it is just going to (laughs) wail on you. It's going to use its Whirlwind of Claws, so I need you to make me a Dexterity Saving Throw, DC 19. Um, that is a 16. All right, so you are going to take... Can't hear you, Leah. Sorry, I turned my head away from my mic. <laughs> um, that is going to be 34 points reduced in half because it's slashing for you because you're raging mm-hmm. of damage. As you watch, as you all watch this troll just unleash this fury of swipes with all of its arms. And Dr. Key is dodging and trying to move away, but this thing is still landing a ton of hits. Next up is Guzzlegorp. Guzzlegorp, in this moment, 
you're getting ready to act. But at the same time, your whatever thing you just used to detect the aberrations, I can't think of it right now, is still active. And you immediately sense about 60 feet east of where you are an aberration that has just popped up. And when you look over, you see just just like on the edge of, of one of these large trees, almost like it's peeking around, something wearing a white mask. Watching you all. So question. Is yes. the troll thing not also tripping it? No. The troll is not an aberration. Is it? I mean, it's also undead or fiends. Nope. No. It is a blighted giant. Ooh, it is none like, of those yeah, things. Trolls were okay. giants, yeah. Gross. <clears throat> I look over and I see the white mask that the person we were supposed to be looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Gilgorp kind of looks over there. He's like, <gasps> and he kind of points out, points it out to the others around him. They might not pay attention. And then he draws out his longbow and he's going to take uh, two shots. Okay. It is going to have some cover because you're shooting through trees to get to it, but go for it. All right. Uh, first one is going to be a 27 to hit. Yeah, I think even with cover, 27 <laughs> hits. <laughs> um, and then second one is only going to be a 17. That does not hit. Okay. So um, so one of these long bows goes off. That's going to be four points of piercing damage. However, alongside his arrow, when he like... Gozogorp reaches back and grabs it out of his quiver and pulls it back to fire. A whole bunch of insects also, like, coat the arrow as it launches off out there. And when it impacts this person, they immediately start swarming and biting the enemy as well for my gathered swarm ability. I'm just going to take another one point of piercing damage. All right. Roll me a perception check. Okay. Apparently I get a double my efficiency bonus for this because we are in one of my favorite terrains. I know what I'm doing, guys. Good job. Very <laughs> proud of you. Uh, that's going to be a six plus... What's that perception is six? Yeah, so 12 plus an extra four, so 16 total. Okay. You, this thing, you hit it with this arrow, and you know you can't really see what your bugs are doing. You can't really see what your bugs are doing. But this thing doesn't seem to be reacting at all. It's still just standing there, staring. Are you moving? Um, yes. Let's start moving over that direction. Get a little closer to it. Let's get a better look at this thing. You do so. Milo, you're up. (laughs) Fucking K. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Only he noticed the, the aberration, right? Yes. Well, I mean, he did. He screamed out. So you can decide what is more. What would you be paying attention to more? Guzzlegorp screaming that he sees something in the woods or the troll <laughs> attacking Dr. Key? Right. <laughs> I got this. I got this. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm actually going to agree with Dr. Key on that one. I see, uh, I see them handling the troll. One head's unconscious. I hear the scream and I turn around. Do you want me to make a perception roll to see if I see what he sees? Sure. Roll me a perception check. That is interesting. Okay. 
Uh, not one. <laughs> you can't see what he's. Yeah, I'm just gonna go typical guzz shit. So I'm gonna turn around and look at the <laughs> the troll. I'm gonna cast Melf's Acid Arrow. All right. Uh, so this is a shimmering green arrow streaks toward the target within range. It's a range spell attack. <laughs> Nat twenty to hit. Every one of you keeps rolling nat 20s on me. This hurts. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> I just like that I got a nat 1 and a nat 20 in a row. So That's true. You, know, you did. Thank mm-hmm. my lucky stars. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do 4d4 acid damage. Uh, 3, 3, 3, and 3. So 12 with my crit for acid damage. So I, all right. That's twenty four, I think. Yeah. And then immediately at the end of the troll's next turn, he will take two d four acid damage. Perfect. You remember that because I. Won't. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Are you moving or anything, Milo? Um. After I do that, um, I kind of notice that that Guz isn't around, so I'm gonna back up a little bit towards him but not commit to going in the woods okay you do so and kit it is your turn all right so first i'm going to guiding bolt go for it on the troll or the thing in the woods on the troll go for it and it is a 17 to hit that hits all right Ooh, um, and that is 16 points of damage. All right. And it is glowing. And it is glowing. And then um, for my bonus action, I want to do starry form. Um, And what this looks like is it just sort of looks like uh, everything about me turns sort of shadowy, but all of the flowers that were in my hair... Um, and in the like leather around my sandals turn to stars, like points of stars. Um, and then I can use my bow, correct? Yes. When I activate. Okay. Yep. If you take the form, you can use it on the same turn. Um, and that is an 18 to hit still the troll. Yep. Um, That will hit. Oh, you have advantage as well. Did you roll that with advantage? I did not. Yeah. Oh, I took, um. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a 28 to hit. Um, <laughs> I should have done that in reverse order. That's, oh, well. All right, so that is 15 points of damage. Big oof. Troll is already looking pretty rough. Are you moving, Kit? Am I? I'm fairly centered between the other figure and the troll. Because I'm in the middle of the clearing. Yeah, I mean, the other figure is definitely further into the woods, but you are fairly centered as far as where the fighting is occurring right now. Where, like, like on a clock, Okay, I'm facing so the if, troll. So if the troll is at <laughs> noon, uh-huh. the thing is, like, at three, but off in the forest. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to stay where I'm at. All right. And next up is Roderick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get about 10 feet closer to the troll 
and I need you to make an intelligence saving throw. Oh, I'm sure this will go well. <laughs> What's the DC? Uh, 17. That is a three. So I fail. <laughs> cool. So you take eight psychic damage and your next saving throw is minus a D4. Okay. Here's so I remember. Anything else, Roderick? No, that's it. All right. Guzzlegorb. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. DC is 16. That's a natural one. No. (laughs) So a total of uh, three. Guzzlegorb, you are pursuing this thing into into the wood. And its attention seems wholly trained on you. And then there's a voice in your mind. And it just says, put down your weapons and come to me. And it casts dominate person on you. Milo, you're the only one who's probably close enough to really see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh, as you watch Guzzlegorp stow his bow and just continue walking no longer looking like they're they're rushing just walking into the woods calmly yeah uh can i react to that nope okay <laughs> i didn't think so but i'm like i would like to goodbye <laughs> uh and top of the round dr key you're up time for more splinters um, that is a 19 to hit. Yes. For, uh, 16 damage. And then she's gonna take this piece of wood and drag along his other side for more splinters. Uh, and that's a 20-something to hit. For 13 damage. And then she's just going to leave. <laughs> You're just going to walk away? <laughs> this is kind of boring. I'm going to go back to the deer. <laughs> um, and she has mo- she has mobile, so she just can. Oh, yeah, you don't take a tax of <laughs> opportunity. It definitely, like, you hit this thing twice, rocking it. It goes to swipe towards you, and you just deftly move out of the way. <laughs> like, nothing happened. And walk away back towards the center of Look at my clearing. cape, you. Goodbye. <laughs> she's gonna slowly walk back listen Guys, it, this thing is not fun it, it got hit by an attack right yes uh roderick's gonna use uh rebuke of the talisman and he's gonna as a reaction hit it for four psychic damage and shoot it 10 feet back into a tree <laughs> okay so I, I like this and also um i i would like also for Dr. Key to use the cape ability at this moment so that this thing absolutely gets rocketed backwards by both of you. Hold on, let's roll a deck save and see what happens. Yeah, it fails anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, minus a d4. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so those things... It's one damage. Oh, yeah, one damage. <laughs> Between whatever Roderick just did and whatever this cape just did, this troll just gets 
wailed backwards into this huge oak tree and it hits and kind of like slides down the trunk a bit uh dazed not looking good not dead yet but uh definitely struggling it is its turn it staggers to its feet and is going to rush forward but it has half movement and i'm pretty sure somebody slowed it down which is minus 10. No, that was, that was last time. Oh, that round. was last time? Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so anyway, it can only move 20 feet, so it can't keep up with you. But it can move into the center of the clearing and get to Kit. So it does not recharge its claws, so it is just going to make a whole bunch of attacks at you. Kit, what is your AC? Um, It's 15. First one actually misses. Second one hits. Third Did she hits. go away again? Can you hear Wait me? for it. It'll all come. Hold. On super speed. Oh, no. There I it is. I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? This is My terrible. face didn't move. It was weird. Oh. <laughs> I could hear everything you were saying. Um, <laughs> so four of the five attacks hit. Wait a minute. Can I, like, can I woe as a reaction? Like, can I use my cosmic omen? You can. Yes, as a reaction. Um... Is it one reaction on one? Yes. You could react to avoid one of the hits. All right. So you're going to subtract a D6. And that is a two from, like, if there was a crit, because I we couldn't really hear you. So if oh. if any of those was, bad, <laughs> like, real bad, two from that one. None of them. Otherwise, just no crits. two from the lowest one so it doesn't hit me. Um, Dr. Key will also look and... Um... This wasn't really around her before, but uh, when she sees you start to get hit, these spectral rabbits come out and just surround you, and she's going to activate her spirit shield. Um, so you take 12 less damage on one of those hits. Well, that completely cancels the first hit, <laughs> and you cancel the second one, so now only two of the attacks hit. <laughs> so um, that will be... 17 points of damage from one of the attacks. And 13 points of damage from the second attack. 13? Yes. Okay, got it. All right. And at the end of its turn, it takes more damage from... Hey, you remembered. I did. I remembered. It'll take four more damage. Oh, I also forgot. Uh, since I hit it, it had disadvantage on a, any attack that wasn't me. <laughs> and if it hits a creature that's not me, that creature has resistance to Level the damage. Level 12 is nuts. Okay, so those hits still hit, but uh, Kit, get back half the hit points you just lost. <laughs> it was 17 and 13, so 30 total, so I'm taking 15 back. There you go. Perfect. At least it was easy math. <laughs> Yay, math. It's Beautiful. The spectral bunnies. Yay, level 12. The spectral bunnies. <laughs> I love it. All right. Guzzlegorp. Hold on. Skipping through the jungle. Or the forest. Yeah, you, you literally can't do anything because you're not taking damage. <laughs> you're just walking through the forest following orders. So sorry about that. You can't make that. another save. Nope. You don't get to make a save until you take damage. Oh, so <laughs> I don't like that sound, Grant. 
cunning you get <laughs> you get about halfway there guzzle gorp and you're really excited to embrace your new friend when you well, arrive I, I would say if he's uh 60 feet away from me when he popped up i'm if I can my full movement speed, I'm there. Did Kay die now? Um, two of them are oh, frozen. No. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna Uh-oh. say they both did. What just happened? <laughs> this is hilarious. okay. There we go. You're back. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can still hear you guys. That was weird. Yeah, well, welcome back, my friend. Is that Leah's spell is too strong? Kay is actually gone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's spreading. <laughs> the game is real. So, sorry, Kay, what did you say before you cut out? Um, I was saying that, because I had already moved 30 feet towards him on my last turn, and if he was only 60 feet away from me and they didn't move any further, then I would be there already on this turn. Good point. Okay, you get there. We'll see what happens on their turn. <laughs> so... Next up is Milo. What level is Dominate Person cast at? Uh, Dominate Person is a fifth level spell. Fuck me. Okay, well. <laughs> so much idea. I, <laughs> I, I do see Guz in a trance walking into the woods and the troll's shit getting properly fucked. Yes. So... I'm gonna do the only thing that has any range that isn't poisoning the guy, and I'm gonna see if I can get him to make a saving throw to snap out of it. And I'm gonna cast okay. Firebolt Cantrip. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah, I'm down. This is a good plan. Okay. Do every single one of his bug companions need to make a God save? God, <laughs> no, they died on the deer. Uh, <laughs> I heard dominate person, not dominate insect. Hey, hey. The, the bugs left. They're just nibbling on his ears. Okay. Hey, Kate, what's your AC? 17. I don't want 26. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Jeez, how much you hit me for? Uh, yes. It's 2d10. <laughs> so. I want to hit you nod lethally. <laughs> Listen, it won't kill him. He's level 20. But oh my sweet Mary and Joseph. I rolled I rolled two tens. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's actually three to ten. Oh well, okay, you heard the man. <laughs> 31. No, excuse me, 21, 21. I was about to say, how, you how can't roll an 11. I'm sorry. <laughs> how? 21. How? 3 to 10 got 31. I'm a really good artificer, okay? <laughs> so I, I do 21 damage to Guz in the hopes that it will make him make a saving throw to, to uh, you know. <laughs> Leave. Leah, you're Guzzle the dungeon Corp, master. Me... You make him roll. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Make me another wisdom save. Guys, go so um, hold on. I, I want to try these this die. See if it works for me. Uh, nope, that's a ten. God, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you get and for flavor, uh, you hit Guz square between the shoulder blades with this firebolt, and it knocks him flat on his face because he is not paying attention to anything around him. Guys, you watch him stand up. He doesn't even turn around to look at you, and just continues to march forward okay no way i'm not saying something 
<laughs> and you also just see a whole bunch of wasps and other flying insects just rise up off his back. That's somehow more Atlantic. concerning that the, that they survived that. I, I turn around and you know I, as they're as they're socking the troll, I'm sure, I'm just like Roderick. <laughs> Hey, what's G- up? Guz is in a trance or some shit, and he walked into the woods, and I hit him with fire, and he was unbothered. I'll get him. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, next up is Kit. You have a troll that's attacking you directly in front of you. Directly in front of me. Correct. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to go guiding bolt again. You will have uh, disadvantage because it's within 5 feet of you. All right. So that was a 16 for that one and a uh 22 for the other. So does 16 hit? It does indeed. It does. Okay. Um is 14 points of damage. All right. And it is and glowing. Then, and then. And then. So, like, bonus action starry form, right? But, like, <laughs> I don't know how I hit you with my starry form when you're literally right in front of me. Listen, you can just. We'll say you uh, take a, a flavor step back, pull back. It'll be a straight roll because you have advantage from the guiding bolt and disadvantage from being within five feet, but straight roll. All right. So that is a 19 to hit. That'll hit. And that is really crappy roll. Um, nine points of damage. Okay. Nine points of damage. This thing is not doing great. Anything else, Kit? Um, I can't move without taking attack of opportunity, so negative. All right, Roderick, you are up. You see that the troll is basically on its last leg. Okay, and I was pointed towards the forest. Do I see... Uh... Do I see Guz, like, walking towards a mysterious figure? You can see Guz. Roll me a perception check to see if you see the other thing. Sure. Uh, 22. You do. You see this figure that is wearing these long robes, and the sleeves and the cape are this, like, dark burgundy red. But there's also this almost, like, long vest that is worn over it that has these white designs. Um, and that in and of itself is like a blue and green and yellow. And it, it almost seems to shift colors as you're looking, but very subtly, not quickly, not swirling. And it has a hood pulled up that matches this long vest. And beneath the hood, you can see what is a white mask. Uh, how far away is he exactly? Uh, from you, a little more than sixty feet. Okay. Um. Hmm. And what about the figure? What do you mean? The the white 
the figure with the white mask is that oh 60 yeah because guzzlegorp got there at the same time uh, like is there so they're standing next to each other okay um hmm shit i am going to dimension door right between them okay Describe this scene to me. How how are you popping into this moment? Because I'm excited. He's going to just cat. So Dimension Door, I imagine, is like a kind of like a looking like a gate spell, like just a thing appears real quick and a puff and it walks through it. And he just pops in between both of them, looks at the figure with the white mask and just like, I think that's enough. And I just cracked my ankle and everything hurts. <laughs> <laughs> So please roll me an insight check in this moment, understanding that this thing is wearing a mask. So to detect reactions is going to be difficult. Natural 20. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. Jinx it, Leah. So guys, I really miss portents. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So when you arrive, Roderick, this thing's arm was outstretched towards Guzzlegorb. And it looked like it was about to hug him or something. And on its arms, you see these red, almost worm-like creatures crawling out of its sleeves and dropping onto the ground. And where its hand is, there's just these like blackened, twisting, almost vine-like things that look sort of like fingers that these, these red worms are crawling from. And when you appear in that moment, now its hand is like right in your face. And even though this thing is wearing a mask, so there's no expression, you see it flinch backwards ever so slightly. And in that moment, you focus on where the eye holes are in this mask and there's nothing there. Just pitch dark void with like two little points of light that look impossibly far back three raccoons in a trench coat three raccoons in a (laughs) trench coat Hmm. how tall is this thing this thing is maybe like seven and a half feet tall okay so three foot goblin three foot rabbit just like staring dead ass up at it yes (laughs) yes (laughs) we have a group of littles and whatever so. kid is. <laughs> like, I'm deliberately going to place myself between uh, Guz and the creature, even if that means he's going to come after me. Okay. So, it is this thing's turn. And I need both Guzzlegorp and Roderick to make me dexterity saving throws, DC 19. All right. This is my best save. Are you kidding me? Can, can <laughs> I can I do a thing? Sure. Nope, what, I can't do a thing. Like do? Never mind. Ignore me. That's within 30 <laughs> feet. Can't do it. Uh, I rolled another natural one. God. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Uh, 21. All right. So here's what happens. First things first. That sounded like a lot of dice. It, it was not. Uh, it was only 
Uh, oh, actually, you know what? I messed up. I rolled D6s. These are supposed to be D8s. Uh, hold, please. Oh, thanks no. for Way to go, me. Jen. <laughs> yeah, thanks for making me double check that, Jen. Um, <laughs> I just rolled less damage on the D8s, just so you know. <laughs> You're all Thank welcome. You, Jen. That sounds about right, yeah. Jen, I never um, questioned you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Guzzlegorp, you take 20 points of necrotic damage. You are blinded and you are restrained. Does that also mean he's not under charm anymore? Well, he has to make another save to see. <laughs> right? Because he's gone so well. Okay. So Dominate person. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it whenever they take damage? Each time it takes damage, you have to make a new wisdom saving throw. Hey, natural 20. There we go. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> so in that, in that moment, Guzzlecorp, it's like waking up. But instead of waking up and you're comfy, bug infested bed you wake up and you are covered in masses of swarming worms which for you probably not abnormal except for these aren't your worms and they don't look like any worms you've ever seen in this world before do a stranger's worms my worms start uh, picking up and biting them <laughs> Sorry, you said I took 20 damage or half of 20? You take no damage, actually, Roderick. Oh. Um, yes. So. I'm also going to use a reaction to throw him backwards. Okay. And take four psychic damage. Okay. You do so. This thing stumbles back away from you. And do you speak deep speech? No. You hear this grumbling. I took only the common languages, like gnomish <laughs> and goblin. Yeah. That's what I took. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, you hear this low, grumbling, almost slurping sound coming from this thing's mask. You don't know what it's saying. Next up is back to the top of the round, Dr. Key. Right. Well, it's not dead, so we're going to make it dead. She's going to walk back up to it. Um, Fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Jesus. That's uh, that one to miss it. Okay. Fuck. There it is. There's the <laughs> there standard deviation. All right. All right. It's because I left. Um, that's, a, that's a 14, 13, 13. That also misses. Yep. All right. Well, can somebody else kill this? Because it's just we gotta go. There's there's yelling over there and stuff's <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, and she's just gonna stay there next to get just a shrug. I don't. I don't know. All right. Next up is the troll's turn. The troll regains its whirlwind of claws. So I need. Kit and Dr. Key to please roll me dex saves. That's a 21. Okay, you succeed. Kit, did you roll me a dex save? I'm doing it right now. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um... 
11. Okay, so Kit, you take 35 points of slashing damage as this thing makes one final Hail Mary attack to try to kill some of you. Uh, Dr. Key, you're going to take half of the half because you're raging. So whatever that ends up being. Eight. Um, Since my rabbits are still over you, you take eight less damage. All right, Kit, you heal eight points of that. The rabbits tried. The rabbits are impressive. <laughs> All right. Guzzlegorp, it is your turn. You are currently restrained and blinded. <laughs> How much health do you have, Kay? Uh, I'm, I'm still over half hit points. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, what, what the... Uh, I can't really do much of anything. I'm just gonna can't make a save against that. Um, can I? I mean, you can try to get out of the restrained condition if you want. Can I cast gaseous form on myself? You can. You can cast gaseous form on yourself. <laughs> yeah. All That's right. Exactly what he does. What does your gaseous form look like? You know, we're going to stick with the theme here. So it's less gaseous form and more insect form. Mm-hmm. As like, Guzzlegorp's kind of like, um, can't, can't see what's going on, what's going on, what are these things all over me? And they touch themselves all over and they just suddenly like dissolve <laughs> into this, this massive swarm of like a variety of like different wasps and bees and flies and fleas and other various like flying and smaller insects like grasshoppers and some locusts and things like that. And then they all kind of just wander off we could a little bit further off <laughs> i love it okay milo you are up okay i'm gonna finish the troll off here i'm gonna do my firebolt cantrip again okay uh and i'm gonna do a, ooh, a 17 to hit that hits Ooh, i would be nervous there for a second okay cool and then for damage just get this guy off my back so, uh, Oh my gosh, math. 25. Describe your kill. So I, I'm panicking. I sent Roderick into the woods. He warped <laughs> or whatever. I don't know what happened to him. So I just turn around and I just shoot three bolts of fire like I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> and just, just directly into the troll. Like I'm just trying to like, fuck you, fuck you, get out of here. Flip, flip, flip. <laughs> All right. So is that the end of your turn, Milo? Oh, yeah, I can do another thing. Um, <laughs> did that kill the troll? Yeah, the troll's super dead. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start moving in the direction of the woods. I'm going to call out to to Kit and the doctor and be like, they're in the woods. I don't know what happened, but bad shit's happening. Whatever's going on is in the woods. Are you coming with me or not? Yes. That sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'll whip around. Great. <laughs> all right you start to make your way into the woods next up is kit how far are uh guz and rod from this figure uh they're standing right next to it so like not even not even the five feet well i'm like 10 feet away from it after my gaseous form movement oh that's true he moved so Roderick is standing directly next to it 
and Guzzlegorp has moved away in a in a swarm. That's the word I was looking for. Swarm. I'm gonna try something. <laughs> okay. Uh so okay, can I have it make a strength saving throw, please? All right. What's your DC? 17. Doesn't matter. I rolled two twos. So what happens? <laughs> doing great, Leah. I'm doing really great. It's good. So where I'm standing, I'm going to start like to twirl. But I'm going to like go faster and faster and faster and faster with my arms completely outstretched. And as I do that, I'm going to cast Wind Wall. Um, and it's going to be so that it it's, uh, 50 feet long, 15 feet high and one foot thick. Um, so it's, it's like, I'm creating it so that it ends like right where his feet are. <laughs> um, and yeah, so you, it's like not hitting Roderick. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it keeps gases at bay. That's hilarious. Um, you never know. <laughs> 10 feet away. When the wall appears, each creature within its area has to make a strength saving throw. Did you give me the damage for that? Not yet. Okay. Um, oh, God, I can't read this die. 14, 15. All right. Roderick, you're right there. And this wind is, it's very odd because it's almost like a knife-like wind. You can see where the grass and now this this thing in front of you is being buffeted by these strong winds, but you don't feel it at all. And you are watching as this, this thing's clothing is just whipping around it. And you see it stumble just ever so slightly in this moment, taking a bit of damage from the wind. Kit, are you moving towards them? Uh, yes, I will move my full movement towards them. All right. Roderick, you are up. If I, I'm sorry, real quick. If I don't, um, if I don't use my starry form, it doesn't go away, right? Like for my bonus action. Cause I can't, no. I can't use it because of the wind. Yeah. It stays up for 10 minutes. So you're okay. Okay. He's going to slowly back up trying to get uh guzz out of the way. Although he's in a gaseous form. So. Just making sure that they're staying back. Okay. So he's going to hold an Eldritch Blast if he comes closer. Okay. So, as you're watching this thing get buffeted, as you are holding this Eldritch Blast, waiting to see what happened and backing away, you watch as this thing begins to, at first it looks like it's leaning down, and then you're like, is it shrinking? And then you look towards the ground and you see that on the ground, all of these little red worms and black vines are starting to leach into the ground as this thing disappears from view. What the hell? Special thanks again to our guests to be sure to join us next week for the conclusion of this story, What Lurks in the Woods, Persomnia at Astra. Intro music by Isaac Fires. Character designs by Cam Gonzalez.
Produced by Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer Jen Kearney. And audio engineer Arthur Polino.